on the viewpoint. Let's talk about accountability now, the role of parliament during a national crisis. Advocate Modibe Pindela, Secretary to the National Council of Provinces. Mr. Masibulele Kaso, Secretary to the National Assembly. The state of our parliament as it was open on the 13th of Feb this year is the very different parliament to what we have now because the game has changed and the earth under our feet has moved. Perhaps very briefly, Mr. Kaso, give us a sense as to where the National Assembly is at. Uh, good evening, Mr. Kabeta, uh, and good evening to the listeners of, of AFM. Indeed, our condolences to the people that you've mentioned, and that were, some of them were aware of who passed on. Um, in terms of um, really where the NA is at, at the moment, you correctly stated that when beginning of this year, things were completely different. Um, to what things are at the moment. But the mandate of Parliament has not changed. Uh, it remains the same. Of course, maybe the pace in terms of executing that mandate has to change and has had to change because of the current circumstances. Mm. Um, the NA is there, for instance, to exercise oversight over the executive, to scrutinize executive action. It is a public a forum for public consideration of issues. And I'm sure we are going to talk more about um, how that oversight is exercised. Mm. But even as we speak right now, the NA is hard at work. Um, I mean, just today, you had about three committees um, of the NA sitting uh, to hold the executive accountable. Next week, we have 15 committees that are set to meet on COVID-19 issues, but also on the issue of the budget and the strategic plans of the government. And, and I imagine that as they interact with the executive on these issues, they would be asking the executive what plans are in place to deal with what we have currently, the COVID-19, and of course, and, and, and all other aspects and, and the responsibilities that the executive has. So the point I would like to make is that, of course, the world is different now mm. what it was beginning of the year. SA is no exception, but the mandate of parliament remains the same. It is to hold the executive accountable to ensure that um, democracy is different and that the government is able to deliver on its commitments and on its constitutional mandate. That still remains. For sure. Mr. Masibulele Klaso, the Secretary of the National Assembly, who will soon be joined after the ad break by Advocate Modibedi Pindela, who is his counterpart in the NCOP, National Council of Provinces, jointly being parliament the two houses of parliament we're talking about the role of parliament during a national crisis or perhaps the role hasn't changed as mr Claso has said but certainly how it is going to affect that mandate as the scrutiny body and the oversight body of executive action more about that after the short break on SAFM.
The conversation continues, the role of Parliament during a national crisis and how it has had to be agile in the times where the earth under its feet has shifted. We've had an opening proposition, if you like, from Mr. Masabule Lekaso in terms of how specifically the National Assembly is still bound by its constitutional obligations, which do not change simply because the conditions outside have changed. Let's have a word, please, then, from the National Council of Provinces Secretary, Modibedi Pindela. Good evening. Thanks for your time. Good evening, Mr. Mateke and uh, the listeners at home. The NCOP, how's it, how are things there? What's happening? Tell us, please. Well, the National Council of Provinces, like uh, the National Assembly, continues to execute its own constitutional obligations of overseeing executive action, making laws, as well as uh, facilitating public involvement in its own processes. I think of particular importance is that uh, during this period, the committees of the National Assembly and the committees of the National Council of Provinces are meeting together in joint meetings to hold the executive accountable and particularly on the implementation of the regulations relating to COVID-19. In addition to that, the committees of the National Council of Provinces are also busy at work uh, making laws. And of particular importance in this instance is that there is a deal that is before the Committee of the National Council of Provinces, and that is the Division of Revenue Bill. That bill is a bill that allocates money to the three spheres of government. So... The National Council of Provinces, irrespective of the circumstances that we find ourselves in, continues to execute its constitutional mandate. And as I have indicated, it continues to ensure that the executive accounts, the executive uh, is accountable to it, as well as to the people of the Republic of South Africa. And it continues to make laws uh, to ensure that uh, the money is appropriated to the three years of government. And in addition to that, mm. irrespective of the circumstances, we will continue also to ensure that the public, the public participates in the processes of the National Council of Provinces. And perhaps it's very important to indicate that the situation that we find ourselves in has landed us into using technology to ensure that it's not only when members are meeting physically Mm. that they can execute their constitutional functions, but that can also be done through technological means. The two houses, if I were to say, have adopted the rules on virtual meetings, for instance, to ensure that the meetings that uh, are conducted by their committees are conducted in terms of the rules as envisioned by the Constitution. Let's talk more, please. I mean, the technology is going to be a bit of a challenge for some of those members simply because they are BBTs, as it were, born before technology. Both of you, Mr. Klasso, as well as Mr. Pindela, have spoken about budget. Perhaps South Africans should be taken into the confidence of the secretaries. Exactly how is the budget affected? How is the budget allocated and distributed? We know because in a national disaster situation as we find ourselves in, the normal rules certainly of procurement are not the same. 
Would anything change in terms of appropriations and allocations and distribution? Perhaps a word each from you, Mr. Pindela and Mr. Klaso, respectively. Well, what, what we are anticipating uh, currently is that uh, the, the, the committees uh, that are dealing with, uh, the, in particular, the Division of Revenue Bill in the National Council of Provinces, mm. will continue to deal with the Division of Revenue Bill as introduced and as passed by the National Assembly. Should there be any need for any amendments, then those amendments will be dealt with in the normal processes uh, of, uh, of Parliament. Mm. Mr. Klaso? It's uh, both the Division of Revenue Bill and the Appropriation Bill will continue to be uh, considered as introduced. Within the Appropriation Bill, of course, there is a budget vote for each department. Um, it's not inconceivable that some of the strategic plans might need to be updated because when the department submitted strategic plans, it was before um, the COVID pandemic yes. for some of the departments. Sure. So it is possible that some of those strategic plans will be updated um, as committees deal with the budget. What we do know, uh, because this, this is public knowledge, that the Minister of Finance has indicated that there will be... Um, call it adjustment uh, budget that that would happen uh, pretty soon um, but we don't know when exactly that that would be the budget that would then um, adjust some of um, some of the allocations that are contained in the current pieces of legislation that are before us but for the time being what is before parliament is that division of revenue bill has introduced um, during the budget speech the appropriation bill is introduced during the budget speech. Of course, committees interact with departments. So some of the nitty-gritties will, will, will be dealt with in that interaction between, between departments. Ministers will be appearing, have been appearing before, before committees, and they will state if there are any change, changes within the, the allocations that, that have been uh, assigned to each uh, department. Mm. And that is a work that is happening, and that is supposed to happen and which is happening between the departments and the committees of parliament. So I think in a nutshell then, we as South Africans should be rest assured that, or we should rest assured that in terms of the distribution of public monies, there's a plan in place, nothing is going to sink through the holes as it were, and there are contingency measures in place, both to pass what legislation has to be passed, and in terms of distributing the appropriations or the appropriated funds as originally designated, of course qualified by the agility that has to now be made for want of COVID-19. Yes, Mr. Klaso? Indeed. Okay. Parliament, when it gets to the point of passing the budget, be it the NCOP passing the Division of Revenue Bill and the NA passing the Appropriation Bill and, uh, and the NCOP passing the same bill, those will happen. Parliament is functioning and Parliament will be able to carry out its responsibilities despite what is happening. For sure. In fact, it is, it is ever more important now that Parliament is able to do these things because... How do you function without a budget? Talking about function, uh, Advocate Pindela, let me come back to you, Mkleda, as well. Uh-huh. 
In Cape Town, it's so much easier to coordinate the work of the many provinces because they are all in one room at the same time discussing the issue. It's live. It's a hot potato. It is dealt with there and then under the chairpersonship of Ndadema Sond. Of course, that game is now very different. And you've got the challenges that provinces bring to Cape Town. Now, they are not in Cape Town. They are literally where they belong. How do you manage to coordinate, given the fact that there is a national COVID command council then you've got dr zuelim kiza basically pretty much owning if you like the clinical response to COVID 19 on behalf of the nation as the mec and yet you still have a situation whereby COVID is nuanced to the respective provinces in terms of the challenges of the eastern cape are not going to be those of gauteng are not going to be those of the northern cape Bearing in mind all of those disparities, you still need all of this to be coordinated. And this is where you become very critical as a functionary. Can you tell us in terms of coordinating the provinces remotely, what are the key aspects that are arising from the provinces which bind all of the provinces and that this is an ongoing problem throughout the provinces? And which is more, which is one of those issues which is unique to a respective province, one or two perhaps that you can highlight, just so that we can understand how from a legislative making process, it being so now fragmented, given the circumstances, these are the challenges we are facing. Indeed, indeed. so I think we have to take into consideration that uh, whereas we are living in a global world, we are also living in a village called South Africa. Mm. So we, we are able to, to have meetings with uh, the provincial legislatures, for instance, uh, through the platforms that we, that we are using currently. We had a meeting with the speakers of the province, all the provincial legislatures, for instance, uh, a week a week ago or so. We also had a meeting with uh, the all the secretaries of all the provincial legislatures, for instance, a week or so ago to coordinate uh, the business of both the National Council of Provinces and the provincial legislatures to ensure that in carrying out our business, we synchronize our programs to ensure that wherever the contribution of provincial legislatures is required, they are in a position to, to contribute. The Division of Revenue Bill, for instance, is a bill affecting provinces. And it's referred to as uh, normally mm. as the Section 76 bill. Mm. It therefore requires that the provincial legislatures or the provinces must express a view insofar as that bill is concerned in the form of what we refer to as negotiating mandate and final mandate. The negotiating mandate would refer to the negotiating position of the provinces insofar as the bill is concerned. In other words, the provincial legislatures will say to the, the permanent delegate, this is a this is a negotiating position of uh, the province, and this is the position that we want you to put to the National Council of Provinces. Once that has been done, then the committee considers the negotiating position of uh, the provinces, reports back to the provinces, so that the provinces can then give the National Council of Provinces or the permanent delegates representing the provinces a final position insofar as a bill is concerned. We can't process the, the Division of Revenue Bill without necessarily going through that process. And the cogs in the process or in the system are what we refer to as the provincial whips. 
the provincial whips are responsible to ensure that there is that relationship, there is that coordination, there is that communication, there is that consultation between the National Council of Provinces and the provincial legislature. So they play a dynamic role in ensuring that there is a dynamic relationship between the provincial legislatures and the National Council of Provinces. So through technology, we are able to, to ensure that wherever the voice of provinces uh, is required, they are able to express their, uh, their, their views on matters which are before the National Council of Provinces. Perhaps of particular importance, we have to look also at uh, the, the role of the public in the, in the lawmaking process. Mm, I, I think in this era it becomes even even more complicated. It it, it becomes even more important that uh, we, we we should look at how the 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 public will play a role in the lawmaking processes as well as other processes uh, in the in the houses of uh, of parliament. And uh, we can do so through uh, uh, the the platforms that we have. We can do so through inviting uh, members of the public into the meetings, which is uh, also currently happening with uh, the meetings that are taking place uh, 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 between the National Assembly and the National Council of Provinces Committees. Mm. Members of uh, members of the media, for instance, are also invited mm. to, 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 to attend uh, those meetings or to be connected uh, to, to those meetings. So we, we shall continue to use all those platforms that are available uh, to ensure that the public also uh, participates in the processes of the National Council of Provinces and perhaps of uh, the National Council of uh, the National Assembly by uh, by extension. Speaking of the National Assembly, let me come back to you. Thanks for that. That was well elucidated, uh, Advocate. Mr. Klaso, the DA, through its leader, John Stienhazen, had written, I think it was early in March or towards the end of that month, nonetheless, she, the, 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 John had written to Mamutandi Modisa requesting an ad hoc committee for the purposes of oversight in the work of a fragmented parliament, if you like. I'm saying fragmented simply because they're not in the same place as opposed to fragmented because it is discoordinated. Can you respond to that? Because we had him earlier on this week and he, he really did express his displease about how the matter had been handled. How do you wish to respond to that so that we can get a balanced view in terms of the response of the speaker to the request to have an adult committee for the purposes of nonetheless exercising that 42-3 obligation of oversight? Look, Speaker's response at the time, did Speaker did respond, was that you have portfolio committees that are responsible for each of the government portfolios. Mm. And Speaker did not think that there was a need to create an an additional structure uh, to perform that same function. Because when you establish an adult committee, you must give it a specific task, a specific mandate. Mm. And um, as I recall it, the mandate that was proposed by the member who proposed the committee was just too broad, and that was Speaker's uh, take on it. And and that uh, the committees are, are there, empowered by the rules, ready to function. We don't need a resolution of the House, because they've been established already. And indeed, committees are meeting. I mean, the Portfolio Committee on Health met um, on Good Friday. Uh, uh, to attend to the issues relating to, to COVID-19. It met again on the 27th. I'm just mentioning these two dates because those were both public holidays. Yeah. 
Um, and you have other committees, specific committees, COCTA, in meeting with the minister on the regulations. So, Speaker's determination at the time, and even now, the sense is that there is no need for an ad hoc committee mm. uh, unless, unless one can demonstrate where these committees are falling short. At this point, I think Speaker has not been presented with that kind of evidence. And, and as I indicated, uh, committees are meeting today. Committees are continuing to meet next week, uh, be it joint or uh, per house. And they will continue to meet, in fact, for the rest of May to deal with both the budget issue and the COVID-19 issues. Um, and, and really, that, that's really the the position of the speaker on the matter. Fantastic. He's not convinced that there's a need for an ad committee. No, you've answered it. I appreciate that. Those are the two responses from the respective organizations. Let's take an ad break, gentlemen, please. What I will then do is I'll just give you each two minutes to wrap up the conversation before we move on to our next segment. For now, let's take an ad break, please. Advocate Modibedi Pindela returns, as does Mr. Masbule Lekaso, who respectively are the secretaries of the NCOP and the NA, jointly Parliament. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide, leading the conversation. on SAFM. We return with Advocate Modibedi Pindela, Secretary to the National Council of Provinces in Parliament, that is, Mr. Masbulele Klaso, his counterpart only in the National Assembly. Final comments from you, Mr. Klaso. We talk about public participation and engaging in meetings. Of course, democracy works when there is a great deal of transparency. To an extent, a large amount of South Africans are now going to be on the periphery of that simply because they do not have the kinds of means to access that transparency because we don't have the kinds of online facilities perhaps required for the purposes of public participation. How would you still impress on South Africans to participate and in particular, how should they participate? Uh, I would impress on, on South Africans to continue to, to utilize this forum which is called Parliament, Parliament of the People. They can either write to Parliament, in fact even now we still receive a lot of correspondence, they can submit petitions to Parliament Members are in their constituencies, a large number of members in their constituencies. We can get in touch with members of parliament within those constituencies for members to convey the concerns um, of the public uh, to parliament. So all these mechanisms can be used. I mean, for instance, right now we are on radio, and we can, uh, now and again, we do take interviews even with other representations to talk about parliament and how people can access parliament. So right to parliament... Uh, talk to your member who will take your issues to Parliament. The presiding officers are always ready to refer matters to committees. Committees, as, as we have indicated already, mm, mm. are functioning, not only on COVID-19 issues, but even other issues that affect the South African public. Committees are there to respond to those things. So Th- Parliament is, is really open. Sebulel, thank you so much. Indeed, we're going to release you now, Mr. Masbulele Klaso. Thanks so much for your time. Advocate, advocates always want to have the last say. You know, exception, I don't imagine. Let's then talk to the people of the respective provinces. I'm, I'm, I'm especially interested in what you will have to say as a parting shot, really, in terms of maintaining coordination. This is now a COVID question. How do we make sure, for instance, this is something personal now, people in the Western Cape do not create a problem in the Eastern Cape or people in Gauteng do not create a problem in neighboring Limbobo or the Northwest. We still need coordination among 
those in the public space for the purposes of really regulating the behavior that is required by me as an ordinary citizen. What to the extent it is possible for the NCOP to have that kind of mandate from a coordination perspective is taking place to make sure that really we take COVID on and flatten the curve. Yeah, remember that the the government in the in in, in the republic is is organized in such a way that the three spheres of government have to cooperate with each other on matters of common interest. So the the the, the provincial government must continue to cooperate with each other on matters of uh, of common interest. Uh, it was reported, for instance, uh, that uh, the premiers of uh, Eastern Cape and uh, Western Cape had a meeting insofar as the, the movement of people between the two provinces are concerned, because they were concerned that there is a, a large movement of people who are moving in between the, the provinces, even though in terms of the regulation, interprovincial movement is, uh, is prohibited. But there were still people who were moving in between the, the provinces. So it's, it's very important that uh, the provinces must collaborate insofar as matters of common interest uh, are, are concerned. And uh, if, if, one, if, if the media report is anything to go by, mm. uh, it, it, it appears to me that the provinces are indeed uh, coordinating their actions. They are collaborating on matters of common interest to ensure that there is no cross-border or cross uh, or interprovincial uh, movement uh, between the provinces. So it's very important that uh, they should continue to do so. And remember also that uh, the, the regulations are national regulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are not provincial regulations. Each province does not have its own uh, regulations. And therefore, the, 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 the three spheres of government are cooperating on, 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 on all these matters uh, at, at local level, at provincial level, as well as at national level. If you also look at, for instance, the provision of water, uh, for instance, uh, by the Minister of uh, Water, Human Settlements, and uh, the Water and Sanitation uh, and, and Human Settlements, you'd realize that uh, the, the minister is providing water across the three spheres of government. Mm. She's not only providing water at national level, but she's also providing water at, uh, at, uh, throughout uh, the, three, the three spheres of, uh, of government. <clears throat> I think uh, the, the current situation demonstrates or has come to demonstrate how the three spheres of government should, uh, should function and how they should coordinate uh, the, their, their function. The, the minister responsible for the current purposes for, for, the, for, for, for this regulation is the Minister of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs. And that portfolio is very important because it does not say Minister of... Remember that we, we, we used to have Minister of Local Government, but we now have Minister of Cooperative Governance. And this minister is mm. required to coordinate the functioning of the three spheres of of government, Absolutely. and and that is exactly and that is exactly what is happening. Uh, otherwise, uh, if uh, there was no coordination between the, the three spheres of, of of government, we we would be having each sphere having its own way of trying to fight this pandemic, and we are not going to win the the the, the, the battle. They were going to and 
there was there was going to be even a possibility of the three spheres coming up with uh, even conflicting regulations, which were not going to assist the situation. So the fact that we have a centralized uh, coordination mechanism at, in, in the executive, for instance, shows that uh, we, we, we are indeed uh, looking at the three spheres of government uh, cooperating with, uh, with each other. And of course, the National Council of Provinces must continue to make sure that uh, the three spheres of government uh, work together on matters of, uh, of common interest. And that is why we, we continue to have the committee meetings that we have of the so-called uh, the COVID-19 uh, committees to make sure that uh, the, the ministers at national level do account for, for, for the implementation of the regulations and show that they are indeed taking into consideration the interest of the provinces uh, in, in dealing with, uh, with this matter. Indeed. And that is why you, you, you have also seen the, the Minister of Health not only centralized in, 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 at, at national level, but also visiting the provinces to ensure that there is coordination insofar as the implementation of the regulations uh, and the directives issued by the, the Department of, uh, of Health uh, are concerned. We have also seen that... Finally? Uh, finally, we have also seen that from the president himself, moving uh, uh, around the, the country, not only concentrating at, on matters that concern uh, in the, the national interest, but also matters that concern the local government as well as the, the, the provincial sphere of, uh, of government. Thank you very much. Advocate Pindela, thanks indeed. That was then the NCOP's secretary, Modibedi Pindela. Interesting that he would say the water tanks have finally made their way to the many levels and spheres of governance, national, provincial, as well as local government. In the Eastern Cape, they are referred to affectionately or sarcastically as Olindi, where the water tanks, that is. That's because it took COVID to make government, particularly water and sanitation, to make as an emergency to deal with the matter as an agent, the distribution of water tanks that have long been required. Thank you to COVID, if ever it was even appropriate to say thank you to COVID, bearing in mind the catastrophe it has wrought, not on just the country, on the continent, the world over. Nonetheless, people do have water tanks, of course, as would happen in the Eastern Cape province. One of those officials has already been arrested because the water tanks were in one's home. Imagine, 2049.